0: You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Friday, October 16th. The year is twenty twenty. This is the first Friday show I think we've done in a long time, Matt. It's been a hot minute, but you know what? The boys are back. Almost back. Our last non football Friday for a while. Looking forward to it. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my just itching to lay those points co host, Mm -hmm. Matt Sheehan. Matt, Mm -hmm. what's going on?
0: Let's not waste any more time. Will, happy 15th anniversary to this moment.
1: (laughs) We should have sent him in. That's a damn coaching mistake. That's. The kids are playing their tail off, and the coaches are screwing it up.
0: I would be remiss (laughs) to not drop that legendary John L. Smith clip (laughs) in the beginning of this. So happy 15th anniversary to that moment to you and yours, Will.
1: Thank you. Um, As you know, I used to work in the UP doing TV, and occasionally I would fill in and help out with sports. In in my early going, Mm -hmm. and there was the uh, the sports writer at the the newspaper up there in Marquette who you know just through going to things get to know, and we follow each other on Twitter. Out of the blue, (laughs) he sent me that today on Twitter. Love that, (laughs)
0: love that jerk. That's big time.
1: (laughs) I haven't heard from you, and and (laughs) like occasionally reply to my tweet. I'll reply to his tweet, whatever. Other than that, it just caught a stray out of nowhere.
0: No, I see, I don't mind the John L. Smith era just because for me enough time has passed and it all worked sure. out in the end with like D'Antonio. It, it, and you also got to see it for kind of what John L. Smith was. Uh, a, a joke, not 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 to be overly mean to the guy, but like he was kind of a caricature of himself. So I, I've grown to kind of appreciate that era of MSU yeah. football. It, it It has molded us into the fans that we are today. That's fair.
1: I think that's For a better or for time. worse.
0: Probably a little it, for
1: worse and for better. But yeah, because we're pretty
0: jaded because of him.
1: But yeah. I think it scars a lot of people, but it does lead directly to the D'Antonio era. So you know mean, what? one doesn't happen without <sighs> the other.
0: Maybe it's not a good thing to use a coach because, yeah, whenever there's something good going on, like the Iowa game, for example, back in 2015, LJ Scott scores a touchdown. All that I could think about is, holy crap, they're going to return this kickoff for a touch. Like, he he, <laughs> uh, he has given us this giant Eeyore cloud of anxiety and doubt and just, well, same old Spartan uh, thoughts back in the day. But once you brush all that aside, got to appreciate the John and Al era a little bit, a little bit.
1: I hope it's less painful in retrospect for people. I, I that's genuinely what I hope. Do. Yes, um,
0: that's a healthy way yeah. to look at it, I feel like.
1: <laughs> On today's show, we are going to talk about Opening weekend
0: betting mm. lines
1: in the yes. Big Ten finally released offshore, of course. Let's, uh, yeah, of course. We've got some numbers for Michigan State Rutgers, and we can look at some other ones too. Sure. Around the conference, but that is incredibly exciting. And then after that, we are going to dive headfirst into the pass catching group for Michigan State receivers and tight ends today. I think tight ends will go, well, Quicker, there's less to talk about, but it might be... Yeah, do you just want to talk about Trent Gilson right now and get it, get it over
0: with, or how do you want to handle this?
1: <laughs> no, we'll, we'll do that later. We're going to start off with um, the, uh, the the point spread here. Reminded to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I hope you got into the prop back contest, because it's over. It's closed. So R.I.P. As we record this, there's Darn. an hour and 51 minutes left, but as you listen to this, it is closed. We've got like 250 people in there. Yep. It is going to be awesome. I will get uh, the spreadsheet of all the document or all the, the data, all the names, all the entries. I'm going to get a way to format it cleanly mm-hmm. and probably post it on the newsletter, spartanswill.substack.com. And just, you know, it's like a website. It's just always kind of living there. So you'll be able to access it whenever you want throughout the season. So, uh, and I'll make sure that post stays free. It won't be. It won't end up being a premium post. Everything that is written before I start charging, which is hmm. the next like nine days, will stay free forever. So no, I
0: think you should charge for the leaderboard. I, <laughs> I charge I, you for at, the at leaderboard at an even higher premium. I think it's what you're going two dollars a month. I would twenty dollars to unlock the leaderboard. That, that's that's what I would do if I were you. People are are going to be that interested,
1: in, I think. Uh. No, I'm not not gonna all not right. gonna do that, Matt, you're man. You're a man of the people. You're a man I of the people. I appreciate the business insight. All yeah. right. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about eleven, A
0: very important eleven
1: and a half points. Let's talk about a very important eleven and a half that MSU was laying down. Should we talk about that first or should we talk about Tally site where I'm the number two ranked person in college football and you're hundred and fiftieth?
0: bounce back. That's all I gotta say about that. That's sets it.
1: Okay, fantastic. Yeah, 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 just yeah. want to get that out there.
0: Yeah, that, that's all. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Nope.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Big Ten opening week lines from Bet Online, a very popular offshore book. Um, mm. Michigan State. Yes. As Matt alluded to, favored by 11.5 against Rutgers week one. Uh, I just checked. So, this line came out uh, very, you know, like. Th- Right after noon on Thursday, uh, and I checked here at 10 p.m. on Thursday, and it is still at 11 and a half. We'll see how that moves okay. you know, throughout the next eight nine days here. But Matt, what was your initial reaction to seeing Michigan State minus 11 and a half against Rutgers?
0: Just a slight tightening of the chest because lines coming out for Week One of your <laughs> team season is like the calling card of oh yeah. It's game time, baby. It's like, That is the official, like, it's here moment when the lines come out for opening week. Other than that, though, I, I look at minus 11.5 and, yeah, I, don't, I was just like, okay, that actually sounds about right. That's probably where we had put it. I think we had this conversation a few weeks ago. Um, there was, like, a mathematical um spread maker that came out to say that MSU was going to be four and a half point yeah. favorites. That, that freaks me that out a little bit. But me. then we talked about it and you were like, no, you, well, I think you talked me out of it because, well, who else would? I think you're like, no, it's going to be around like the 10, 11 point area. So when I see 11 and a half, yeah, I, I nod my head. Uh, yeah, that that sounds about right. And I I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to lay the points at MSU because I never learn. And I'm just a dumb goldfish that forgets things five seconds after they happen. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, that
1: sounds about right. That is exactly what I tweeted like an hour after. Oh, that. Nice. I said, I'm Perfect. probably going to lay the 11 and a <laughs> half because I'm an idiot and I don't mm-hmm. learn anything. Yep. Big my, stupid yeah, mouse. big stupid cheese. Yep. My initial reaction was to lay the points. Um and I think that says a lot more about Rutgers than it does Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh we'll see. I mean, we we've dug into some stuff position groups and we're going to do more generally season general season preview like Wednesday, Thursday and next week. You know, I I think uh, Michigan State will be able to Move the ball better on offense, which isn't saying much, but I think it's going to be sure. competent. Okay, uh, that's all.
0: That, that, I'll take that week one.
1: Yeah, the the group we're going to talk about today, or at least half the group, is a, a part of the reason why we've talked about the offensive line and how there's some upside there. Mm-hmm. We talked about quarterback, and you're like, eh, hit or miss. Running back, we feel good about. You know, I I think you can feel like okay to so pretty good about all of Michigan State's offensive position groups besides tight end. Uh, and so I think they'll be able to score a little bit in Rutgers. You know, it's a disaster zone right now. It's still Rutgers. Can't can confirm we're yeah. still talking about Rutgers. There's and, uh, the a reason. End. Yeah, there's a reason Shiano came in and scooped up every single transfer from every other Big Ten team. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. uh, it's because you need to lay a quick foundation of Division One Big Ten players. And although they won't be playing next year, that'll be like the building block group while he recruits and replenishes things. It's just there's not a lot of Big Ten football talent on that team. And so I I am not feeling awesome about Michigan State, but I just think Rutgers, especially to start the year, is going to be really, really tough to watch play football. Yes,
0: and another thing is like, well, eleven and a half against Rutgers, like that isn't a lot of points. That's actually really. probably going to be one of the closest spreads that Rutgers sees the entire year. But then again, mm-hmm. you look at it from the MSU fan, as a lot of us are listening to this podcast. No offseason, new coach, new quarterback, replacing I think seven to eight starters on defense. Uh, no team in that situation should be a double digit favorite against anyone. So that, in their
1: conference.
0: Correct. So right there, that says enough. You don't even have to know the X's and O's or any of the depth charts. Read. If I lay that sentence out of everything that's just happened, and then cap it off with "Oh, and they're eleven and a half point favorites," like, whoa, what's going on on the other side of of, of the of the sidelines? Then yikes,
1: (laughs) we're really pointing at the other side. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of, of uh, it's here. not like, a
0: great situation. Yeah,
1: It's not unreasonable to think like Michigan State scores like 24, 27. will they score last year, 27? Uh, yes, 27-0. Tw- yes, 27-0. Yes, And that was a d- offensive disaster team. If Michigan State came out and scored 31 points, would it be shocking? No. Would mm-hmm. it be saying much about Michigan State's offense? Not really. Nah. Now, if they come out and put up like 52, we could be like, okay, there might be something here. But you know, if you put up a solid but not great number on offense against Rutgers, it's not really saying much. And then you look at the other side. Okay, Michigan State's got 27, can Rutgers get 16? I mean, I know they're replacing a lot on defense, but yeah. Are you really like Rutgers has multiple games you can go back where it's like three quarterbacks combined for 3 of 15 passing. In, in three interceptions for 17 total yards. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't just like, oh, you're bad. It's, oh, dear God, you're bad. Yeah. And so I think Michigan State's kind of mediocre, and Rutgers is a, a, a train wreck coming into the season. So, yeah, I feel inclined to lay the points. But we'll see how – I, I, you know – uh eh, We've talked about betting before. We'll talk about it a lot throughout the season. I don't do a lot of betting on what I feel and my knowledge. I do a lot of like picking based on what other people do, saying it, and what sure. the public says, and what smart people say, mm-hmm. uh, and how lines move and stuff like that. So we'll, I'm really interested to see how this is bad. It hasn't moved much. I think a lot of people don't know what to do with Michigan State
0: yeah,
1: because of all the turnover, and a lot of people don't know what to do with Rutgers because no. does anyone know who's playing for them this year?
0: Uh, Shiano himself, I think,
1: lined (laughs) up at right guard, I want to say. Yeah, well, he could do it. He'd love to do it. He'd do it without a helmet. Um, All right, let's pause here. We'll come right back, and we'll talk about pass catchers. One other, actually, real quick. OSU's favored by 21.5 against Nebraska. Put your entire life savings on that. (laughs) Lay the points. All right, we'll be right back to talk about some pass catchers. We'll do that here in a sec. But first, got to tell you about the new built Go. Built Go, very similar Built. to Built Bar, but it's no, Built it's, Go. stop saying it's similar to Built Bar. Same, Why same, do you say that? They're cousins of one another. I mean, it's from the same company, but it has nothing Correct. to do with it. Like, it's a bar and one's an energy gel.
0: But you consume it and you feel like Superman. I mean, it's it's a sensational product that they have. And both taste it great. Well, both taste great. Just
1: stop saying that. I love Built Go. Built Go is the new energy gel protein mix thing from I guess the thing isn't a great way to describe it here I'm gonna I'm gonna start over for for Built Go
0: take it up the top yep
1: (laughs) Built Go is going to help you break through your wall when you are tired when you got to work out when you got to go for a run you don't feel like it you need Built Go it is a new product from Built Bar it's a little packet an energy gel packet but it's not just energy map Right? It, some some things just give you like a kick of energy, ton of caffeine, and then you're like wired and then you crash. No, this is a sustained energy plus protein, like, comma, pre-workout gel. It's mm-hmm. all of that in one. You take it before you get going, and you are going to crush through that wall. You're not just gonna break through the wall, not you are going to destroy bliterate. the wall that is in front of you. Of you, it's easy to take. They're like a, an ounce and a half packages or small little things. And normally these gel packs are terrible. I don't know if you've had them before, Matt. Like they oh, sure have,
0: and they're not good. But Bill Go is sensational. You could put it on yes. apples, honestly. That, that, now that's a nice. <laughs> you snack. You could. That's a it's nice like snack a to have.
1: caramel dip for apples. You it really, really is. could. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint are the three flavors, and they're all equally delicious. You've got. Uh, 15 grams of collagen protein, which is fast absorbing. It gets into the system fast and it's easy on your stomach. Uh, You got B3, honey, some caffeine, vitamins B6, B12, which helps sustain the energy. So it's not just like a oh crash and go thing. It's sustained energy for whatever you need it for. And here's another bonus. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It literally will make you look better, Matt. It's science.
0: As if it couldn't get any better. As, as, as if it, it could not it get any better.
1: Get any better. You need to try Built Go right now. Visit builtgo.com, use promo code locked, and you'll get 30% off your next order. That's promo code locked for 30% off at Builtgo. builtgo.com. Let's go. Okay, Matt, I want to start you want to start with tight ends to get it over with.
0: That's a good way to look at okay. it, yeah. We'll yeah. do some
1: tight ends. Can and I then, just set the record sure, straight? Like we're sure, we're whatever. obviously not. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I will. Uh, I'm we're obviously not necessarily going to be super high on the tight end position, though. I just, I want to lay it out right now. Big Trent Gillison guy. Sure. Yeah. I, I, the the the, 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 the mopiness around talk about this position group is absolutely 100 percent not centered around him. With that said, he cannot play every single snap of every single game. I mm-hmm. would assume.
1: That's where we have think. the problems, Will. <laughs> so I got here just a, a crack at a depth chart. Number one is Trenton Gillison. Mm-hmm. Two, I've got Adam Berghorst slash Parks Gissinger. I think they're kind of in similar spots. Converted defensive ends, mm-hmm. limited playing time, limited production, need to get better at blocking, right? Yep, sure. and, and you would hope, like, a couple years into the program now, like Berghorst was a skinnier dude coming in. I mean, he wasn't skinny, but, like, compared to what he's going to look like This year, next year, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's added some weight to the frame. Then we've got Max Rosenthal, uh, who I put third. He's the converted fullback. Michigan State is no longer listing him as a fullback. He's listed as a tight end. I'd imagine we're seeing a lot of H-back type inline blocking with him. Got Tommy Guajardo, who's a true freshman. Don't expect to see much. And then I've got at five, and it might as well just be, I got at question mark, Matt Dotson. Yeah. Who... Uh, you know, struggled in his junior year, which was supposed to be kind of his coming out year, uh, former four-star recruit, someone who has athletic ability for the position, but has struggled with drops throughout his career. And then he pops his Achilles uh, last year. And, you know, it's it's less than a year since that. It's close, but we're around a year. Yeah, it was late in the season. Yeah. It was late in the season, so we're close to a year. Who the hell knows what you're getting from him Um I would you like we talked about with Langford like whatever you get out of him as a bonus like mm-hmm. I don't even I wouldn't even have that much confidence because it's an Achilles injury like I don't expect a thing from him this season but we'll see I know he's been running around doing some practice stuff um, it sounds like he's not quite all the way back yet so I just kind of put him at the bottom because I don't think we're gonna see much of him this year so that's the group map.
0: That's fair, and just to read straight off of Stephen Brooks' Twitter account. Oh, wait, wait, uh, Tyler sorry. Hunt, too. I didn't put no, Tyler Hunt yeah. there,
1: and I feel like now I should have because, um, oh, my God, uh, tight ends coach. Duh. Ted Gilmore. Ted Gilmore. I yep. was going to say Ted Morgan. It's Ted something. Not Morgan. Ted Gilmore uh, <laughs> called him like a pleasant surprise or like a le- something like that. It threw some praise towards Tyler Hunt. The so next we might end up Kittle Tyler is Hunt. what he
0: said. That's right. The yes. next Gronkowski. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway,
1: sorry I interrupted you.
0: No, no, you're good. Um, so Stephen Brooks he tweeted a few days ago for media availability um, from Gilmore uh, quote said they're counting on Matt Dodson being back. He's out there every day, but still a work in progress. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the Sounds official mixed. word on Dodson's return. So it's Gilson season, baby. That's mm-hmm. Gilson. Can you can you give us 80 snaps a game? <laughs> Please. <laughs> get. A, hope we have been on a treadmill in the offseason, bud, because, whoa, oh, boys are going to need you.
1: Yeah, so Gillison is a former four-star recruit, someone who looks like he could be a good player. Yeah. Re- really didn't play. I mean, he played last year, but it, towards the end of the season, started to come on more. It, it took him longer. Mm-hmm. Struggled at times with blocking. You would hope that could improve. He's a big, strong dude, um, and that's something where – how do I say this? Uh, nobody blocked well from the tight end group last year, and I feel like what I saw was a lot of issue with technique and effort at times from different people. So, sure, maybe some competent like Ted Gilmore. I have pretty high hopes in as a as a position coach. So maybe there's just some improvement there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, everyone likes to look at the Pinstripe Bowl. What do you have? Four catches, eighty four yards. I think. Off the yeah, top solid, of my head. solid bowl game is that, for sure. Is that it?
0: Oh I, don't, oh, I don't know if that's oh, it, but like that's had, just how I
1: remember I it. it. Yeah, something like that, 80-ish yards. Um, yeah, that'd be nice if you could uh, replicate that. Uh, I feel okay about him as tight end one. You know, maybe he is he's a redshirt sophomore, so it's not like uh, last year being a, a bit of a struggle as any sort of big red flag, right? Mm-hmm. He's still young. This year, uh, I, I hope to see something where we're like, yeah, this is a dude who can catch... Five, six touchdowns can get you four five hundred yards, can be uh, an effective playmaker from tight end, can be a competent blocker and so on who like, yep, that's our tight end for the next couple of years and you feel good about it. After that, Matt, it really thins out.
0: Four catches, 88 yards in the uh, pinstripe bowl, by the way, in case I was going to oh. keep you up tonight. But yes, oh. after Gillison, we're looking at two converted defensive ends, a mm-hmm. punter and another tight end that a uh, Achilles was removed from his body, uh, a fullback and a true freshman. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a motley crew uh, behind Mr. Gillison here. Not nah, to say it, that's
1: going to go horrible,
0: but I'm just not <laughs> feeling necessarily all too uh,
1: jazzed about it. Let's just say, yeah. And you know, during the D'Antonio years, a lot of the good offenses did have a good tight end, and it's not sure. Uh, it's not mandatory. You don't have to have uh, a really good playmaking tight end to have a competent offense, but it always helps. And so, you know, Gillison's health is going to be the big thing here. Mm-hmm. And then, can you get? Burke Horse or Gissinger or dear God Tyler Hunt, can one of them really step up and be like, okay, this is an adequate number two? He can block a little bit. We feel good about him blocking. He's got good hands. He can get open a little bit. You know, he can just be okay, right? Can you get <laughs> someone else to be okay? Yeah, I'm sorry, that got me good. And, you know, <laughs> It's, it's a, It seems like a low bar, but right. that's just kind of where the group is. Like, you just ran through it. There's no other way to shake it. There's not a lot uh, behind Gillison right now in terms of proven commodities. Um, so can one of Berghorst or Gissinger, I think those are the two most likely candidates, become a proven commodity? Can they both they both solidify that number two backup spot where you can use two tight ends occasionally? You can bring Gillison off. You can use Gissinger or Berghorst uh, and feel okay about it. That's... This is the position group I feel the least confident in in the offense, uh, and it's you know it's just a product of they don't have bodies that have yeah. a ton of experience that aren't injured, right?
0: Yeah, my my official stance on this tight end group this year is uh, willing to be wrong and willing to be surprised. Mm. Uh, that's that's my official. There you go. Stance on the tight end group going into this season, which I feel like is. Fair. Generous.
1: Yeah. My official stance is, well, we'll see. <laughs> I, a, it'd be like that sometimes. It'd <laughs> be like that sometimes. You can't have depth everywhere unless you're Alabama or Clemson or mm-hmm. Ohio
0: State. Sure. That's, yeah, that's fair.
1: <laughs> sometimes uh, you lose a transfer uh, and you lose so into a torn Achilles and that's how it goes. Yeah. I, I'm surprised they didn't bring in a transfer tight end. Now that I'm... They did. They did look at it, though. I, I know they were in for in a this cheat, offseason, season. Whatever. I, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough. It was from. tough. All right. Let's pause here. We'll come right back, and we will spend some time on the receivers because uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Okay, Matt. All right. Well. Um. How do you feel about this group? Let me start with your because we just sure. did like. Our statement or whatever, our official, whatever, a, a official take on the group for the tight ends. Mm-hmm. We did that at the end. Let's start with the receivers. What's your official take on this wide receiver group? Oh,
0: oh, pretty good. Uh, I think we talked a few weeks ago. We rated like our top what seven position groups or something like that. And I yeah. think, if my horrible memory serves correctly, that we both have receiver number one. Who's that? Cool? We should have. Yeah, or uh, yeah, I'm pretty no, sure it was, was. But if it wasn't. That was for the next – that was, like, in two years. I thought we did want to go to the next year. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about the receiver group. Um, okay, so running back, obviously, you you like Collins, that, that's the talent. Um, and then behind him, not a lot of uh, experience, so you got to boot them down. Uh, this position group – because I, I would put running back second place right now. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, I'd put it first place because you, you do have some ex- experience. And I say some in the most literal sense possible. Because Trey Mosley, he played a little bit last year. Speedy Naylor, whenever he's healthy. Jaden Reed, phenomenal freshman season. However, that was in Kalamazoo, and then he took a year off. So that's your starting three right there. Ideally, um, it's a bummer that C.J. Hayes is gone. Trayvon Morgan, he's nine feet tall as a redshirt freshman. He's coming off an ACL injury, but that's a pretty pretty decent frame you could hope to build something around there larice nelson has played in a lot of games but has not necessarily caught a lot of balls in a lot of games i think he's got 21 games in his last two years and i think 16 catches i want to say only four last year so you got experience there and then if you want to stoop all the way down to the back end of the two deep or the front end of the three deep here a lot of freshmen, a lot of redshirt freshmen, lot of freshmen, as you would expect from, you know, your back end of a two deep front end of a three deep. So I do like Trey Mosley a lot. I know he got weird playing time last year, especially at the end of the season when the season was lost at that point. Jaden Reed, you know what? Here's how, Will, are you sitting down? I've got a take for you. I am. I like an all-American freshman <laughs> playing at Michigan State University after transferring here. So uh, whew, hopefully that didn't knock you out of your chair. Speedy Naylor. Now, forgive me here. I, I look at him the same way I look at Josh Langford now. I know it hasn't been as serious as Langford's injury on the basketball court and having go a year and a half without playing. But, man, I I, I find it very hard to get super excited and then envision a full season of what Naylor can do because he just hasn't been healthy for a whole season, you know? Yeah. Is is, is that is that inbounds or, or am I being over-exaggerating with how his injury careers played out at State?
1: No, I, I think that's inbounds. Um, he's had some, some bad luck. <laughs> Breaks the foot, great. comes back however many weeks later it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was his freshman year injury? I don't even remember. So, uh, I think I, I felt like he had a few. To be honest, you I, could be—you could be right. Um, he's regardless. played ten total games in his two years at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six as a freshman, four as a sophomore. He's got twenty-three career catches. That's and all not
0: twenty-three a lot. have all—they've well, <laughs> all been electric, at least.
1: <laughs> well, I mean. He, the most infuriating thing ever is when I go to Speedy Naylor's page, like yeah. his sports reference page, and I see 7.1 yards per catch. Yeah, <laughs> It makes me want to fight every <laughs> single member of the offensive staff. Like our yeah. fastest receiver, uh, yeah, we're just going to like throw it to him at the line of scrimmage a bunch, you know, and yep. get him and be sp- like, no, why don't you uh, let him run deep? Yeah. Maybe. Like just try, try to do that. He's really fast. Um, yeah, seven point one yards uh, per catch, but twenty-three career catches for him in ten games. Just hasn't been able to stay healthy. I don't know. I'm not good with injuries. It seems like there was some bad luck. Like I don't.
0: I don't know who's to say. It? All that we know is that he hasn't really been healthy the last two years, and it's yeah. very difficult to um, say that. Yeah, he'll he'll be great. He'll catch this many balls and have this many touchdowns. Of course he will. But I, who who knows if he'll make it to week two? I, I pray to God he does. Absolutely. I hope he plays all nine games, but. Gotta kind of have to see it first to to think it.
1: Yeah. Um, If he can stay healthy, what you've got in a top group is two guys in Reed and Naylor who have similar skill sets, it seems. Um, Smaller, fast, Mm -hmm. shiftier, good in the open field guys that aren't going to be, like, your big body X, your Cody White, right? Your Tony Lippitt. Oh, Rich.
0: if only he had all eligibility left Cody White. That would be nice <laughs> to add to this group. If only, if only.
1: Eh. Um, Trey Mosley is going to kind of fill in that spot. He's not – I mean, he's a little different. He's, he's not huge. He's, I think, 6'2". 6'2", yep. But he seems like a good possession guy. He had um, – Uh, A few decent games the last two games of the year, eight for 73 against Maryland, four for 50 against Wake Forest. Uh, You know, that's as a true freshman, and he didn't play until the end uh, of October. His first game was Penn State, and he played one, two, he played five games and had 21 catches for 216 yards. If we double that, you know, it's 42 catches, 400 something yards, couple touchdowns over. Ten games, which is mm-hmm. you know close to what we've got for the season. I think he can improve on that. I think he's someone who can catch. Like if, if anyone's gonna like, if I had to pick the who's gonna lead the team in receptions, I would pick Trey Mosley. Um, I think is a good solid receiver. He's not a game breaker or anything like that. But the other two guys, I think, are gonna take care of a lot of the explosive uh, go route stuff, getting weird, trying to get them in space, and he's gonna be someone who can make tough catches. Uh, in traffic and, and move the sticks kind of as a, a possession guy if you will.
0: I'm gonna go with Jaden Reed actually for most catches this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna stuff oh, yeah? out. Yeah okay. I, I kinda like okay. that. I don't know. I think they'll make kind of life as easy as they can for Lombardi at the start. Yeah. So they'll have him just run like the short routes or of course, like we talked about Nailer, the behind the line of scrimmage routes. <laughs> you know, just you know. I, boop dink and dunk out there and uh, go go on do what you do, Reed. Um, but yeah, I mean no doubt Mosley's gonna be the go to guy this year downfield. I'd imagine.
1: It's a it's a pretty solid trio, and I hope that Jay Johnson is feeling like he's got some speed to burn and is willing to call some deep passes. Mm-hmm. You know, Michigan State threw like three total go routes last year. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it, what, what was helpful to the ears is a few weeks ago, Jaden Reed hopped on a call with the media. Yes. That for some reason I was on. I, I don't belong on these calls, but here I was just shrubbing it up with everyone. And he was saying that like th- that's been the big emphasis in the offseason is speed, 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 like just going vertical downfield. So what the team lacks in height at the receiver position because right now Trey Mosley is like your tallest guy at six foot two, well, unless you sprinkle in Trayvon Morgan. Yeah, unless you sprinkle him in. Other than Rich. that though, it, it is the six feet and under club with with this crew. It, it's it's Mosley, Morgan, and then six feet and under. But they make up for it in speed. It sounds like so. That's nice, I guess.
1: <laughs> we'll see. It's a good thing. Yeah. As for the other guys, uh, Trayvon Morgan is six foot six ish, two hundred and thirty pounds. There's a picture on social media a few weeks back. Uh, he does not look. Let's. Say, he doesn't look like Marcus Bingham. Not as, no, a little, a, a tad more filled out, I would, yeah. I would say. you see guys yeah. who are like six six <laughs> six seven playing football, it's like sometimes you're like, oh, is he, is he going to get broken in half? Like, he's pretty he solid looking. He's going to break others in half, half. Yeah. right. 230 yeah. is a good, and it's not, like, that's not a BS weight. Like, the dude is, is pretty no. jacked. Right. Um, I think he would have played last year and, and had an impact uh, as a red zone threat, but he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. He's not a burner, um, no, I don't think you necessarily have to be. I guess no. the easiest thing to say is like Plexico Burris, right? Sure, yeah, <laughs> it, that's, I, that's I, a good it's one. Like an ideal scenario is he just becomes a touchdown maker. C.J. Hayes' injury is tough. I think he definitely would have contributed. Luis Nelson, we'll see. Not counting on much, but he has some shiftiness and some water bug ability. Another small, quick guy. Um, I've got yeah. him in the uh, number two, or yeah, in the on the second line here, the depth mm-hmm. chart. I'm really intrigued by the three true freshman receivers, Matt. See, I was going to bring one
0: up. Is there any one that yeah. has like more pop to you than the others?
1: Ricky White is still underrated.
0: Okay, because that's my guy, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, he ended up as the top player, and like he jumped Darius Snow and MSU's 2020 recruiting class right at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky White is a four star I think on twenty four seven or rivals. He's
0: very close on two four seven, I believe.
1: Yeah. He's like right borderline there. Uh he had a huge, huge senior season, uh, I believe in Georgia. And mm-hmm. like he was, I don't know, like an eighty five, something like that. Like he was in a solid mid level three star uh when he had, like committed to MSU and then he really he did an Angelo Gross. Like he kind of took right. off there. Um, and was putting up huge game after huge game. And his recruiting ranking just kept going up and up and up. And he ended up like around 400-somethingth in the country, which is pretty solid. 4.16, mm-hmm. um, yep. 4.16, there you go. So like almost the top 400 recruit. He's right there. He's someone who could definitely see the field early. I think all three of them could because of the nature of redshirting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: a free year anyway. And, you know, Terry Lockett was a uh, four star and rivals and uh, somewhere in the top 500 ish. Ian Stewart, uh, just a little bit of a notch below him. It's, it's three solid, good receivers that, that I think, you know, in two years, could be Like, Hey, I'm pretty fired up about this trio. Um And, you know, as true freshmen, you don't have a ton of expectations, but I think all three of them could potentially see the field and, and make some plays. With like Ricky White being the one, where like I would be surprised if he doesn't play, you know, especially second half of the season, like try to get him going, get his feet wet, because, uh, you know, as we talked about, tight end group's not great, uh, three, four wide receiver sets could be very popular this year at, uh, at East Lansing, and you're gonna be guys are gonna get hurt, you're gonna be running guys in and out, you're gonna be switching up packages. I think Ricky White definitely will uh, will see the field a decent amount this year.
0: Yeah, and then you got guys like Javaz Watt, Javaz Alexander, and then yeah. of course uh, Peyton Thorne's old high school teammate, Cade McDonald. Caden like McDonald. I, I'm sure they will maybe see the field sparingly. They, they, sparingly, I want to preface that with this, but yeah, maybe they even see the field too. I, I don't know. This is uh, especially with the new staff. Who who really knows when you get down to like. The front end of the three deeps there but yeah mm-hmm. Ricky white that'd be nice to see him get some run because yeah I uh, looked it up really quick it was four star on rivals it was a high three star on 24/7 he was at 88 uh for the composite point eight eight six number 70 receiver in the country not bad
1: so, not bad yeah, and he really was um further down yeah when he was Michigan mm-hmm. State uh was recruiting him so yeah nice mm-hmm. jump there and then yeah, the other guys, it's, I don't know. When you're a junior, like, J- Javaz Watts is a junior, J- or J- Jaz Watts, right? I forget. Javez Alexander, their names are very similar. It's Javaz name. and Javez, I think. Javaz and Javaz. You know, we'll see about Javaz. Um, he's only a sophomore, um, so it's not, you know, crazy that he hasn't played much. But Watts is a junior, and... If you get three, four years in a program and you haven't seen the field, you start to wonder, is it ever going to be – is it ever going to happen? So not expecting much. If someone from that group uh, pops and is like good enough to jump over uh, the guys in front of them, great. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll, I'll welcome
0: it. Sure. (laughs) Sure. No, it, but as as a summation to all this, feeling pretty good about the wide receiver position as far as um, talent and a little bit of experience goes. This is more so of like a talent upside talent play than it is like, oh yeah, we got a lot of good guys coming back. But mm-hmm. as state fans, you guys all probably already know that.
1: Yeah, morning. it's Jaws Watts. I. <laughs> I wrote Jazz and like Javez on this depth chart next to each other, and I put half of Javez's first name oh. into Jazz's name. I was like, I thought it was Jazz, but there's a VA in here. I need to go fix that. I screwed it up um, too. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm sorry, Jazz, <laughs> if, if you're yeah. listening.
1: Um. So, all in all, I think it's a solid group. Uh, best position group on Michigan State's offense. If they can stay healthy, I think there can be some explosive plays. Uh, down the field with this group, and that's something that we haven't really seen in a long time, Matt.
0: It's been a hot minute, yeah.
1: It has been a, a hot minute, as you like to say. All right, that is going to do it for us here on Locked on Spartans. A full week of five shows, Matt.
0: I'm exhausted. I am winded. Me too. No, oh, this is fun, though. It, it, it's nice to be back, <laughs> man. This is great. Football is back. We're back. Know, like, Spartans are back.
1: Ooh! The next time we talk to you guys, it will be game week.
0: That's insane to me. Just hearing that out
1: loud is insane to me. Whew. It will be game week. We're going to kick off game week talking about linebackers. We'll go through that position group. Uh, Noah Alexander uh, talked to Noah Harvey. God, Noah Harvey talked to the media uh, on Thursday. So I think he's probably pretty locked in there at one of the linebacker spots. We'll talk about a linebacker group. On Monday's show, and I'm sure we'll have something interesting come up over the weekend to talk about as well. So, won't you join us then for game week? We are le- like how many episodes we're gonna Matt count how many episodes we've done since the last sports event for Michigan State. So we can I, have that oh, next God. week. Uh, no, great- you don't need it right now. Okay, Just next week. So, all right. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us into the weekend. Go green. Let's have a weekend. Then when
0: we wake up Monday, ooh, it's game week, baby. Let's go. Have ourselves a weekend. Have ourselves a weekend. Go green, baby. Woo! Yeah!